welcome to 139, the official podcast of Love Times 2. Here is your host, Mike Victor. Hey, welcome back to the Love Times 2 podcast. It seems like it's been forever since we posted a new episode, and in some ways, I guess it has been, really. I mean, like way back in September. So here we are in November as I'm recording this. Life is moving at 100 miles per hour, and the issue of life, um, like as in abortion, that issue is moving at breakneck speed as well. If you haven't noticed, the abortion issue is front and center in the news today. And it's most certainly going to dominate the news cycle on December 1st, because that's when the Supreme Court hears oral arguments in a case out of Mississippi that could actually overturn Roe versus Wade. Now, you know the drill when it comes to the Love Times 2 podcast. Our focus is on culture, not on politics. But here's the deal. What's in play with the Supreme Court is truly a reflection of the conflict our culture still has all of these years since 1973 on the issue of abortion. Now, the issue is not settled, not because the Supreme Court or even the politics of the issue uh, have prevented it from being settled, but because the cultural tipping point on abortion has not yet been reached in the United States. The nation is still conflicted. It's massively conflicted on this issue, and politics will always follow the culture. So when you see a poll, which I'm going to talk about in the next episode, I think ABC News did a poll that basically says, I don't know, something like 75% of Americans are okay with abortion. That's what they're trying to say. I can tell you I've seen plenty of research. In fact, I've got some new research that I just can't share yet. But I can tell you that that's, that result is being completely skewed. So without getting too far off on that rabbit trail, because we're going to talk about it in another episode, the issue of abortion is still front-page news in the United States in 2021, all of these years after Roe v. Wade in 1973. Why? Because the nation is still conflicted, deeply conflicted on the issue of abortion. So, in light of all of this, I thought this might just be a really good time to step back and give a 50,000-foot overview of the six decades of abortion in the United States of America, and particularly in context of the pro-life movement since 1973, just to give some context as to why the Mississippi ruling will be so important to this decade that we are in right now. And incidentally, while no one knows for sure, it's likely we're going to get the Supreme Court ruling in June of 2022. So you're going to see all of this flash, all of this buzz about the December 1st Supreme Court oral arguments from the Mississippi case. Don't expect the Supreme Court to come out that afternoon and announce what their decision is. We're not going to know the ruling till probably June of 2022, probably one of the last days of June. So just so you know, that's probably the timeline on this. The whole world's going to be watching this. But how did we get here? That To answer that question, I'm going to dive into the six decades of the pro-life movement as I outlined them in my book, Viability 2.0. If you haven't read Viability 2.0, why not? I mean, that's the question. Seriously, if you haven't read Viability 2.0, I think I have it. uh, You can get it through MikeVictor.org. You can check that out. Anyways, in that book, I do have a section in which I outline the six decades of the pro-life movement in the United States. Now, let me just stress, this is totally my take on it. You might have a separate take of your own. I'm sure you do. But I actually really believe that the labels that I've applied to all six decades of the movement are very accurate. 
And uh, let me just jump right into those and we'll walk through them. So the first is the 70s. Of course, the 70s, Roe versus Wade and its companion case, Doe versus Bolton, which we always have to talk about that when we're talking about Roe. Um, that, those came down in 1973. 1973, hey, I'm playing Little League Baseball. A lot of you weren't even alive that are listening to this podcast in 1973. But in 1973, uh, when abortion uh, was legalized in the United States for the full nine months of pregnancy through Roe versus Wade and Doe versus Bolton. I call that the the decade of education and some of the high water marks of the, or I guess some of the hallmarks, I should say, of the 70s was initially the pro-life movement was uh, overwhelmingly a, a Catholic movement. I mean, the evangelical um, the evangelical churches during the 70s were shamefully uh, very much silent on the issue, and it really wasn't until Dr. Francis Schaeffer's book, Whatever Happened to the Human Race, which he co-wrote with C. Everett Koop, uh, really started to energize uh, the evangelical uh, movement. But during the early parts of abortion in the United States, I don't think anybody can argue that it was uh, not overwhelmingly a Catholic movement. And also in the 70s, that was the start of the cry for a human life amendment. I mean, early on, uh, you know, there was there was this need uh, that that leader saw to make a human life amendment an overarching goal of the of the movement. And I, I think in the 70s, um, yeah, that what you saw was just a very large feeling that if people just knew what was actually happening, if we educated people, then abortion would end very, very quickly. So I call the 70s the decade of education. Now, we move to the 80s, and in the 80s, I call that the activist decade. Um, when you think about the 80s, for anybody who lived through uh, the 80s and paid attention to the abortion issue during that time period, you know, it really started to gain uh, a lot of national attention, uh, maybe because of the Reagan presidency but also Operation Rescue. I mean, Operation Rescue was the dominant factor in the 80s, and a whole generation grew up with images of people being dragged away from uh, abortion clinic doors and so forth. And it was also in the 80s that a very interesting uh, set of films came out. One was called The Silent Scream. This was a major uh, point in the pro-life movement in that you know, from the 80s. Silent Scream was um, a film done by a former abortion provider that showed an actual abortion taking place, and the ultrasound shows the baby's mouth opening up. Well, that received all kind of criticism. People said, you can't see what that, you know, it's a blob. You don't know what's happening there. So Dr. Nathanson followed that up with a film called Eclipse of Reason. And I don't know this, but I think both Silent Scream and Eclipse of Reason, you can probably find them on YouTube and watch them. I would encourage you to do that. Eclipse of Reason actually was the film that I watched uh, in my early 20s that just really stunned me. And uh, my thought was that America is too great a country to be allowing this to happen. And without giving it all away, Eclipse of Reason to, to address the uh, critics of Silent Scream shows an actual abortion taking place using a fetoscope inserted into the uterus. So uh, it's not a pleasant watch uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, I do call the 80s uh, the activist decade, Operation Rescue, Silent Scream, Eclipse of Reason. Uh, the tempo of the movement picked up uh, dramatically uh, and the uh, the temperature, I guess you could say, of the issue in the country 
uh, really elevated. So that moves us to the 90s. What do I call the 90s? I call it the political decade because the, the 90s was really when the pro-life movement started to get its act together politically. Up until this point, uh, the pro-life movement really was focused more on education and activism. But in the 90s, political action really started to take front and center. And you had some huge players that were on the scene at that time. You had uh, Dr. Jerry Falwell during that time. You had Dr. D. James Kennedy during that time. Uh, Pat Robertson was writing a prominence. Some of you are thinking, who are these people that you're mentioning? I've never heard of them. Well, you know, you can Google them and find. I'm just, just trust me. The 90s, it was a political decade predominantly. And you had the, um, what was called the Republican Revolution of 1994, I think it was. That was a result of the Clinton administration just really pushing everybody's buttons to a point where, you know, the American voters, by and large, went to the polls and responded in a huge way with overwhelming uh, overturning of seats in uh, in Congress, and so it's called the GOP revolution. That you can you know check that out if you're interested in, to, in political history. Now, another very interesting thing about the '90s uh, was Casey versus Planned Parenthood. That was the case that many thought in 1992 was going to uh, reverse Roe versus Wade, and Justice Kennedy did not go along with it. And shamefully, have to say it also in the '90s, uh, there were just some uh, really whacked out people who committed violence against abortion clinics that's never been endorsed by the pro-life movement uh, these people were not um, these two people were not well balanced put it that way and it never should have happened it's shameful that it did but there were acts of violence in um, in the 90s and then we move it to the 2000s what do i call the 2000s i call it the strategic decade why because in the 2000s the pro-life movement started to focus on the american public's complete uneasiness with late-term abortions that's why the partial birth abortion ban uh, became a dominant uh, piece of legislation in the 2000s and just have to say one of the high water marks of the whole time that I've been doing this was being able to go to Washington, D.C. and see President George W. Bush sign into law the partial birth abortion ban. Very cool experience. Now, the technology started to change quite a bit as well because this is when Plan B and also the RU486 chemical abortifacients really started to rise in the United States and come onto the scene. And that's changed the landscape quite a bit when it comes to abortion. And we'll talk about that in a future episode as well. So that moves us to the 2010s that we are just coming off of recently. And I call that the decade of the courts. Why? Because court action um, just really dominated that decade. Lots of legislation being passed at the state level. Lots of federal judges blocking legislation. Uh, Some legislation has been upheld by the courts. A lot of legislation like heartbeat, personhood bills, things like that have been blocked by the courts. You also had early on in that decade, you had um, you know you had justices Elena Kagan and Sotomayor coming onto the court, and at one point it looked like the court's going to be leaning so far in a pro-abortion direction it's never going to you know be restored. Well, then the decade ends with Justice Gorsuch and Justice Kavanaugh coming onto the court. Of course, that was followed shortly by Justice Amy Coney Barrett coming onto the court. What you have in the 2010s is just this entire, uh, just this huge 
uh, focus on the courts. And of course, that was a result of, again, think about, think about it. Working back on, on what I just described to you, you had the political decade in which the movement rose to power. You had strategic decade in which uh, issues like partial birth abortion and other types of legislation were introduced and passed in state legislatures and at the federal level. What does that all lead to when you pass laws nowadays? It leads to the courts. So it's perfectly logical the 2010s uh, was the decade of the courts. And that leads us to the 2020s, uh, the decade that we're in right now. What is this decade? It's the tipping point decade. And I don't want you to to miss that. It's the tipping point decade. I am firmly convinced, and I believe, that by 2030, the cultural tipping point on abortion will be reached in the United States of America. Now, a little bit more on that, but I'm going to recap the the six decades of the movement. The 70s, education decade. 80s, activist decade. 90s, political decade. 2000s, strategic decade. 2010s, courts decade. 2020s, the tipping point decade, six decades, and the one we're in right now may be the most important ever. The cultural tipping point will be reached by 2030. Once that happens and the dust has settled, for all practical purposes, we as a people, we as a nation, uh, we will have cast our lot on the issue of abortion. doesn't mean it will never change once the tipping point's reached, but what it does mean is that once we fall one way or the other, according to where the tipping point, point goes, once we fall one way or the other, we're going to be there as a nation for a long, long time. The good news is that the cultural tipping point is still up for grabs in the United States. The bad news is that the cultural tipping point is still up for grabs in the United States. Does that make sense? Hope you think about that one a lot. Hey, that's it for this episode of the Love Times 2 podcast. Thanks for listening. And just as a reminder, it's the end of the year. So please consider us in your year-end giving plans. I know you have tons of different options of nonprofits to give to. Love Times 2 is a nonprofit, and uh, we're a nonprofit that would very much appreciate your support. If you love this podcast, if you like the concept of Love Times 2, if you get what we're doing, um, give generously. Give outrageously, I would say. Give because everyone deserves a chance to be born, and we want to be a megaphone for that message. Never forget change the culture and the politics will follow this has been 139 the official podcast of love times 2 join us in the journey at lovetimes2.org that's love the letter x and the number 2.org thanks for listening